We've been going through a series the past couple weeks on the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit being singular, because it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so we're starting today in Galatians 5, 22 through 24. It's where we, we've been starting the past couple weeks. Galatians 5, 22 through 24 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with their affections and lusts. The fruit we're looking at today, you know, I think it was gentleness that I was looking into. I think I wrote goodness in my notes. Well, it's going to be one of those two. Let's just go to the Lord one more time before we get into the Word. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for bringing us together this morning. God, I ask that you go with us through the remainder of the service. God, I pray that you help each and every one of us pull our minds into captivity just for this short time. God, that we could stay focused at this time on your word, that each and every one of us would get something from your word that would draw us closer unto you. God, that would bring us one step closer into becoming a close relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll look quick and see if I was if I was studying the word goodness or gentleness. It was it was gentleness. But I read goodness. Okay, I wrote goodness in my notes, but my message today is on gentleness. That word gentleness that he uses there in uh, in Galatians. I was looking up, I was looked up the Hebrew on it, kind of understand the fuller picture of what Paul was talking about. And another way that word was translated, and the word gentleness was also translated as kindness. In almost every other version of the Bible except for the KJV, gentleness was translated as kindness. But the, the word that they use there for gentleness means, is defined as excellent in character or in demeanor. And so as we're looking into this next fruit here, talking about being excellent in character and demeanor. And so that was really what I focused my thought on today was about excellence in being excellent for God. The fruit of the Spirit is the fruit that we bear when the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, is working inside of us. A not healthy plant, I grew up with apple trees, and every couple years we'd have our apple trees, they'd get a little sick, the leaves wouldn't really come in real strong, and we wouldn't get many apples. When your spiritual life is sick and ill, 
when you're not spiritually healthy, you're not going to bear good fruit. And that's where the entire premise of this message kind of comes from, is us working on developing that spiritual health within ourselves, and then a byproduct of a healthy individual, when you're spiritually healthy, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. But in the same sense, the reason why these are the fruits you bear when you have the Holy Spirit working inside of you is because an apple tree bears apples, a banana tree bears bananas, and a spiritual person bears this fruit because it is a reflection of God. God is love. God is joy. God is our peace. God is long-suffering. These are attributes and descriptions of who my God is. And when we have the Holy Spirit working within us, we too bear these fruits. These characteristics will come out in our personal life. And so as we're looking at gentleness today and kindness, I want to look at Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6 Starting in verse 1, it says, It pleased Darius, the king, King Darius, to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. Darius had a very bad one. It was a very large area. And so King Darius had 120 princes ruling over all of this land. So he set up 120 local governments to make sure that all of his area was being well-maintained and well-taken care of. And then in verse 2 of Daniel 6, it says, And over these presidents, of whom Daniel was first, the princes might give account unto them, and the king should have no damage. So the 120 princes that were ruling over the entire, the entire area reported to three presidents, to make sure that everything was being done properly in order so the king wouldn't lose any of his property, so he'd have no damage or no loss. Continuing to verse 3, it says, Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Now, as you look through the Bible and you understand the story of Daniel being in the Old Testament was before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. And so Daniel wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit as we talk about in the book of Acts. But he had an excellent spirit. Daniel lived his life, for my mom calls, an audience of one. He didn't care what man thought of him. All he cared about was pleasing God. Daniel had an excellent spirit. Daniel was living his life to please God. Daniel was recognized above his peers. So there's three presidents, and out of those three presidents, Daniel was preferred among them. He wasn't promoted to a higher position, but his boss, the king, recognized in him that he had something different about him. When we allow God to work 
in our life, when we allow the Holy Ghost to work on our hearts, we bear excellence. When we yield ourselves to God, the world respects us. People recognize the difference. I drive package car for UPS, and so I work with a lot of rough, crass people that I see every morning at work. And I've observed over the past year that as I, as I interact with my coworkers, their rough, their roughneck, crass behavior just kind of shifts when I walk into the room. Is it because I'm some, some powerful dignitary? No, it's because they recognize that I don't participate in those behaviors, that the conversations they're having are not things that I'm interested in. People recognize the power of God in our lives. They recognize that I'm not one of them. They recognize the Holy Spirit within me. The word holy means separate. By definition, holy means separate. God is holy. God is separate from the things of this world. <clears throat> We're called to be holy. We're called to be separate from the things of this world. Daniel chapter 1, so going back to the beginning of Daniel, this is right, right after the captivity. So Babylon invades Jerusalem and bring all of these young men back to Babylon. And under the princes of the eunuchs gave names. And under whom the princes of the eunuchs gave names. So we've got Daniel is brought into captivity, he's in a foreign land. And the prince of the eunuchs has given him names. He gave unto Daniel the name of Belshazzar, unto Hananiah of Shadrach, to Mishael, Machak, to Azariah of Bendigo. Verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Daniel did not want what the world was offering him. Daniel was not trying to fit in, trying to look like the people around him. He wasn't trying to get a taste of the things of this world. He wanted to be holy and separate for his God. He had that spirit of excellence working inside him because the only thing that Daniel cared about was what God thought of him. But Daniel does something interesting here. It says, it says, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. He requested that he wouldn't have to defile himself. He didn't go to that prince of the eunuch and say, I don't do that. That's not what I do. He handled himself with dignity. He said, you know what? That's not for me. He didn't get all self-righteous. He didn't say, oh, I'm holier than you. Oh, oh, I'm a Christian. I don't do that. No, he just said, you know what? I don't want to do that. I don't want to participate in what you're offering me. That's not for me. He just said, hey, please, this isn't for me. Please excuse me from participating. We don't have to make a big splash or offend people when we take a step back, when we separate ourselves from the things of this world. We don't have to offend people. We can do it with dignity and with love. The world will try to offer us things. The world's going to try to get us to mix with them. But we have to re keep returning to the question, does this bring me closer to God? Many people, they, they, they position this question as, well, 
Am I offending God when I do this? Is it really that bad? Does it really matter? Or, or they say, you know, you know, well, is it, is it really, you know, is it bad? Or, or maybe, maybe it's kind of neutral. But I'm challenging you to position the question is, does this bring me closer to God? Does whatever you're getting involved in, is it bringing you closer to God? There's no ifs, ands, you know, is, it, is this a neutral behavior? Is it a little bad? Is it really bad? Is what I'm doing bringing me closer to God, closer to relationship with God? That's all it's about, church. It's about being close to God. I preached that message a couple weeks ago, one job. We have one job to get ourselves to heaven. That's all we have to do. We just got to get ourselves to heaven. How do we get ourselves to heaven? Well, Jesus is coming back for a church that's looking for him. He's coming back for a church that is in a relationship with him. The goal isn't just to flee from sin. The goal is to be in relationship with God. And to be in relationship with God, we have to let go of the sin. We have to let go of the things that are holding us back. We have to let go of anything that would separate us from being in relationship with God. But the point isn't getting rid of this stuff. The point is getting a hold of Jesus, getting a hold of God. And you see this in a really more practical example, because I've never walked into my boss's office in my notebook and said, okay, can you explain to me again? What am I not supposed to do? <laughs> That's not the question we ask. But we might go in there and say, hey, can you tell me again what it was you wanted me to do? Can you lay it out again, what we're supposed to be doing here? We don't go, okay, tell me what, what projects we're not working on. That's, that's a really silly question. And yet people, that is so, so often their approach to the Bible is, well, what are all the rules? What are all the things I can't do? And our approach has to be, how do I get into relationship with God? How do I get? Because the closer you get to God, the easier life gets. It's kind of crazy, but it's the way it works. Is this drawing me closer to God? And you might be thinking, Brother James, do you mean to say that every time you do something you think, does this bring me closer to God? No, I'm human. <laughs> but what I'm saying is I try to think that. I try to look at everything in my life and ask myself, am I getting closer to God by participating in this? It's not just, is this a neutral behavior? Is it a little bad? Is it really bad? Is it an offense to God? Does this make me closer to God? Does this bring me into relationship with God? How am I spending my time? Is my t the way I spend my time bringing me closer into relationship with God? And we go back to Daniel chapter 6. Starting in verse 3 again. You know, when you position that, you also kind of ask that I know, but, but if I'm... You know, what's the world going to think of me? What are people going to think of me if I take this stand? Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. And we're reading the verse again. It says, But this Daniel was preferred above the presence and the princes because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. What was it that set Daniel apart from his peers? It was his excellent spirit. You're going to be recognized for your influence by winners. But when you look at verse 4, it says, Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find none occasion or fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. You'll be recognized 
by winners, but you're going to be criticized by losers. When we take a stand for the things of God, winners in this world are going to recognize there's something different about you. You've got a hold of something. I like what you're doing. When we're living a life that pleases God, the winners of this world, the leaders of this world, I like you, but the losers are the ones criticizing you. And then these men, starting verse 5, says, Shall, Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. The only mud they could find to sling at Daniel, the only thing that they could charge him with was his love for God. He wasn't doing anything wrong in the physical world. When you look back at the fruit of the Spirit, it's love, joy, peace, it ends with, against such there is no law. Nobody's ever made a law that says you can't participate in these behaviors because those are all positive attributes. And we have that working in our life. The world will recognize or we will be pleasing to the world. And I use, I guess I'm using the world kind of interchangeably, world meaning worldly, worldly but also just world as in people. But the only thing they could find to charge him with was his love for God. And if that doesn't sound like 2023, I don't know what does. Because the, the world is attacking the church and the behavior of the church. People point to the Bible all the time and they criticize, oh, those Bible thumpers, those Christians, they're trying to force their beliefs on me. Well, kind of. <laughs> it's... I have a better life. People, Christians have a much better life than people that, have, that, that buy into the, these worldly ideas, these worldly ideologies. They go, well, I want to live life this way. And then in verse 6, it says, these, Then the presidents and princes assembled themselves together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdoms, the governors and the princes and the counselors and the captains have counseled together to establish a royal statute to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days shall save thee, O king, and shall be cast in the den of lions. Very literally, what that scripture says is all of the worldly governments have come together and we've said, if anybody's worshiping anybody besides man, we're going to throw them to the lions. And yeah, I'm reading into that a little bit, and I understand I'm taking some liberty with that scripture because that's not exactly what they said. But what I see here is a bunch of man-made governments coming together and rising up and saying, we're going to establish a new law that if, that if a man reaches out to God, the God of the Jews, specifically in this situation, we're going to throw them to the lions to be devoured. So they get the king to establish this decree and sign it with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which just means it can't be, it can't be um, altered. And so King Darius, in, in his humanity, thinking, oh, yeah, everybody's just going to worship me, he signs this law. He signs it into law. And then in verse 10, it says, Now when Daniel knew the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened to, in his chambers towards Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. 
the entire world, his entire set of peers, the entire governmental structure that he was involved in, the entire political system had turned their back on him and his religion and relationship with God. And what Daniel did was got down on his knees and gave thanks for what he had to his God. Daniel lived a life for an audience of one. Daniel didn't care what the world thought of him. He didn't care what the world was going to do to him. He said, this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to live before God. I'm doing this for my God. I'm not doing this for my neighbor. I'm not doing this for people around me. I'm doing it because this is what God wants me to do. And yeah, as the story continues, Daniel ends up in a lion's den. And his friend Darius, who thought so much of him, that, that signed the law that put him there, can't sleep all night wondering what's going on with this boy Daniel. But church, when we align ourselves with God, he takes care of us. When we align ourselves to what God wants to do, we put ourselves in a relationship with him. He protects us. Darius comes the next morning and finds Daniel and says, how are you doing, buddy? And he says, God sent an angel to shut the mouths of the lions. They throw the accusers in the lion's den, and the Bible says their bodies didn't even touch the bottom because the lions devoured them. God takes care of people that sell themselves, to, or sell themselves out to him. People that come to God with a sold-out attitude, God provides for and God protects. In the same book, we see the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refusing to bow down before a golden idol. And they're warned, if you, we're going to give you a second chance. You go bow down before this idol, and we're not going to do anything to you. Sometimes the world tries to give us a second chance. And they took a stand. They said, you give us a second chance. We're still not going to bow down because we only bow down to our God. So they turned the fiery furnace up seven times hotter. We're going to throw you in this fiery furnace if you don't cave to us. And the, the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, our God will protect us if you throw us in that fiery furnace. But if not, be it known that we died serving our God. And that church, that's where we got to get ourselves to. We've got to bring ourselves to a place of saying, I don't care what the world does to me. I don't care what the world does to me. And it's hard to say that. It's easy to sit in church and say that. Well, you know, I, yeah, thank God, I don't care what this world does to me. But then you get out there and you're like, man, I care a little bit. <laughs> but we have to keep ourselves at a place saying, I don't care what this world does to me. Because all I care about is what God thinks of me. When Daniel, who wrote the book of Daniel, he continued referring to himself as Daniel. It says right in chapter 1, his name was changed to Belteshazzar. The name Belteshazzar literally translated as Bel's prince. Bel being one of the Babylonian gods, one of the Babylonian idols, was Bel's prince. The word name Daniel means God is my judge. When Daniel wrote the book of Daniel, he wanted to be remembered not as some man-made idol's prince, but he wanted to be remembered as somebody who recognized that God is my judge. Let's all stand.
God is my judge. He wasn't trying to be rebranded by the things of this world. This world was giving him an out, saying, you can be anything you want to be. You can follow the ways of this world. But he wanted to be recognized by God. He never lost his identity in God. And as it's just a few of us here today, and that's okay, the Bible works whether it's one people or whether it's a thousand people. As we're going to go to the Lord in prayer, and I'm going to challenge you to ask God if you are of an excellent spirit, if you've yielded to the Holy Ghost and allowed his spirit to work through you, that you walk in a way that is above reproach, that you walk in a way of kindness and respect towards everybody around you, that you walk in gentleness, that we walk in gentleness and of an excellent spirit. People don't mind if you treat them gently. That's just a fact of life. You can treat people gently. You'll be okay. We don't have to be abrasive with people. So as we go to the Lord in prayer, and I'm going to turn on another song, just take a moment and pray and ask God if you have yielded yourself to him and to help you walk in gentleness. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for bringing us together this morning. God, I thank you for your word and the guidance that we can get through your word. Lord, I thank you for your spirit and the authority we have in your name. And God, I'm asking as I continue going into my life that you help me to walk in an excellent spirit, that you help me to walk in gentleness, that you help me to walk in a way that reflects your love to your people. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Lord, continue guiding me, Lord. Continue guiding my steps, Lord, that everything that I do would be a glorification.